0: Well, Callum, welcome back to another episode of Red Tinted Glasses. And thanks to all of you that have tuned into the previous episodes. In today's episode, we are looking back at another fine European away victory. Bit of a roller coaster, though, Callum. Yeah, you can say that again. Very much enjoyable, though. It's entertaining football, maybe. It, it is indeed. And later on in the show, we'll be joined by Ewan Rankin of the Talk Levy podcast to look ahead to Sunday's league game at Almondvale. So it was a trip over to Iceland The land of fire and ice And it was the Dons that made a hot start Catching the home side Very cold from two set pieces in the opening 10 minutes Just got to applause Sometimes you just got to applause,
1: man Yeah, very, very true It was a, it was a hot start And um, couldn't believe it Came flying out of the traps Super Calvin Ramsey Delighted And I ended up getting
0: the win But it wasn't as straightforward as we would have liked it definitely wasn't. Um, it's not like I spent all morning practicing that in mm. columns. <laughs> um, <clears throat> first corner, though, um, of the game, I think it was. And mm-hmm. what a training ground set piece! You can definitely tell the Alan Russell effect is in full swing. Mm-hmm. At the amount of time you hear people work on, they say they're going to work on set pieces and
1: things that they never do, and you never see the re- rewards. It's quite a lot. But we're genuinely quite good at them, so thank God for Alan Russell. And um, it was, and most of the amount of times you see that kind of thing, it's cut back, it's played along the ground, and then mm-hmm. it's like sclaffed or whatever. But it <laughs> or was an air executed shot. perfectly, exactly executed perfectly. Very impressed.
0: Yeah, and I think it also needs to be a, a special mention to Scott Brown because the block he got on Ingevarson and um, the left back who he was very impressive last night. I have to mm-hmm. admit. Um, helped free up ramirez and that was an excellent finish from from the inform american mm, was it wait was this Ingvar was he the one that uh had the beach bond here yes
1: they yeah, kept calling him ryan mcgivern and <laughs>
0: <Okay.
1: laughs> um, but no yeah uh executed perfectly and um, you can't knock it it's clear to see that they are working on it in training ground uh, on the training ground sorry and um, and for it's very, very nice to see that because for how long last season were we going? What are they actually working on there? And we're actually reaping the rewards of these things um, mm. and making the most of it. And it's paying dividends. There we go. Mm. How's and, that for you?
0: And, and how refreshing to see a striker in form and finding the back of the net at will so far this season. It's unusual. It seems almost alien. But uh, the kid just loves scoring.
1: He can't stop. He can't stop. And he can do it all. Left foot, the, the right foot finish. He
0: scored score the header the other week as well. How yeah, big big fan of him also using the his newfound chant after Sunday's game and his little background to his Instagram video pre-match as well. Absolute king. He genuinely loves it, doesn't he? He does. He loves it. He loves it and so does the so does the fans. And you know, I did also have to to reshare that meme that you created of the 13 mm. reasons why it all started with that goddamn smile. I know, we didn't know how dangerous it was going to
1: be, did we? But no. it, was, it was like an instant, an instant thing. We just sort of fell in love with him and he's fallen
0: in love with us. And if he leaves, I will be very upset. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the the good start just kept coming. We saw a brilliant bit of link-up play um, from J. Emmanuel Thomas, putting a brilliant ball over the top that Ramirez hit a first-time shot. Mm-hmm. Um, keeper does well to save um push the ball around the post. And it's that man again, Calvin Ramsey, now having, was it, four assists this season? Beautiful floated corner that Lewis Ferguson really does well with a header to loop over the defender on the line and into the back of the net. Kid just absolutely loves it, doesn't he? What a ball
1: yeah. that was. It was a great header. Good, good from Ferguson to get up there. And good to see him um, sort of, well, not carrying on. But obviously, last season he had a hot goal scoring streak, and it's good to see Ed doing it again so far this season. But uh, that's now Calvin Ramsey he had more assists this season than uh, Josh Joy had all of last season. So yeah, knew we were going
0: to try get that one in.
1: Yeah, yeah sorry, Aberdeen Michael. Cafu. Exactly, exactly. He's brilliant, and um, and
0: the fact that he's only eighteen it was just
1: mental to me. To be honest.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'm glad to see the song that I put out on my Twitter page last night went down very well as well for both Ramsey and Jack McKenzie. Of course. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's
1: basically we're just making. Uh, cheesy old pop songs into Chance now, and it's great.
0: Yeah, as someone commented on the YouTube page, turning into a bit Eurovision. Maybe have a sing-off with opposition fans, but hey, who lo- who doesn't love a bit of Eurovision?
1: So true, so true. Although I didn't actually watch it like this past year, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna off sidetrack
0: here already. Yeah. But no thanks to those of you that have interacted with the Mm -hmm. the YouTube page. Of course, if you're watching, you can remember to like the video and subscribe um, wherever you're watching and also to follow us on Twitter at RTG underscore podcast and wherever you're listening. Because, Calum, it's been a a pretty impressive week of listens. Most Mm -hmm. listens we've actually had to the show, 980 across all platforms is pretty impressive. It seems
1: insane that nearly a 1,000 people are willing to listen to us speak nonsense. Um, but thank you, nonetheless, to everybody tuning in. We do appreciate it a lot. Um, you obviously don't have to. We are two
0: specky idiots uh, speaking about football. But thank you very much for the support. Yeah, and the feedback to, mm-hmm. to the episodes that we receive across YouTube and Twitter as well. It's it's really constructive to help us um, develop develop the episodes as well. And and come back to the game at 2-0, cruising, thinking... <laughs> What, what banana skin were we were we thinking about after seeing them win 4-0 on Monday night against Vikinger? but oh boy what could go wrong <laughs> what could go wrong did go wrong
1: uh, yeah. let them back into it but you know it makes for an entertaining game and Stephen Glass just
0: hates keeping clean sheets it's just <laughs> no defence just vibes very clever marketing ploy there knowing that the potential for a full crowd on Thursday, keep the game entertaining, keep the second leg, you know. Exactly, he knows what he's doing. He's (laughs) been working with Dave too closely already. He knows what he's up to. But on a a serious note, though, I was actually quite impressed with how Breedablick got back into the game. Um, You know, in the conversation I had with Mark Bolt, you know, he commented on the technical ability of the team and it really showed, albeit we didn't half give them I'll route back into the game with the failure to deal with the long ball, Ross McCrory not covering himself in glory, but Bill Helmson, who I think caused us a lot of problems last night, and um, you know, Hassel McCrory ha- showed that desire to keep the ball in play. McCrory gets wrong side and he cuts a ball back for Eyolfson. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct, to really stab home because Joe Lewis inadvertently, I think, as well, comes out to try and deal with the danger. So
1: mm-hmm. it really
0: is was this a, a tap into an empty net an empty net uh, and they got there
1: we didn't half help them obviously but um but we've said that we'll be punished um against better teams and clearly there's lot of no mugs we knew that from the last round um but i was very impressed with me as as mark said very good technically and look a good side it'll set up for um a very interesting game back at patology in front of a good crowd hopefully but um i think yeah it, it was a bit soft the defense uh still a little bit of a concern for me but um you know, they they score two, we score three. They score six, we we'll score seven, and I think that's the philosophy for this season. To be honest,
0: <laughs> well, it certainly seems like that. But you know, for to give a team like that um, that little bit of confidence was really not what we needed at that stage, and we didn't really seem to regain any composure. Well, certainly I felt in the first half. It was once Michael Stewart pointed out J. Emmanuel Thomas's lack of desire to get in and kind of chase balls or real have any sort of movement. I just I just couldn't stop watching it. And it became more apparent and more infuriating as the half kick like progressed. And we kind of felt as the game was going on, it was like we're almost hanging on for half time at two one. Yeah,
1: it was a little bit and um, I think with J, J Miles, Thomas, if you're asking him to play a high pressing game sort of two times a week, you're probably asking quite a lot. But that sort of does highlight the need for us to bring in someone else, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he, it maybe wasn't his best game, but it it's, it's it was frustrating. It was very frustrating, and you're right. We did sort of let them back in in that first half, and sort of, we did lose control, um, which was frustrating. But thankfully, we came flying out of the traps in the second half.
0: Yeah, and I suppose in the first half as well, the Barson Ingevarsen- was the man that was kind of targeted was starting their attacks down the left-hand side. Mm. Um, especially once Calvin Ramsey got onto a booking as well. Mm. It seemed more and more we saw the threat down that side. And it was from that side that they ended up getting the penalty. I think Calvin Ramsey getting drawn out to the ball, maybe a bit of an experience potentially. I think he obviously slipped as well. But re- really poor defending from me from Constantine. I really don't know what he's protesting about because for me that was a stonewall penalty. Yeah, I think we can't
1: have any arguments about the penalty. Um, with uh, Regarding Ramsey, yeah, he's—I mean, we've seen far more experienced players make far worse mistakes. Uh, so I'm not, not worried at all. He's a young mm. lad. He's obviously going to make those kind of mistakes and he'll learn from them and he'll be better for it. And thankfully it wasn't too costly. But uh, I do agree with Constantine. I think he just sort of left
0: a dangling leg and as soon as he saw it, he thought, yeah, definite penalty. Yeah, the, the issue is as well, he's never going to catch him as soon as the boy's turned him. Mm-hmm. Constein's not gonna have this pace, but you think do you not just trust your keeper to maybe save the the shot? I just I just felt it was really lazy from Constein, maybe hoping not to make contact and con the F that he's dived. But again, it was good play from Bill Helps. And again, we saw him as a constant thorn in the side. But that penalty was this um one of only three shots on target that Breedle Black had all night. So mm-hmm. it just showed the kind of market marked improvement we had in the second half. Yeah, definitely. It's it's obviously very encouraging
1: that we did limit them, um, despite the fact we gifted them two goals, essentially. But it did also take penalty very well, to be fair to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you're right. There is reasons to be uh, encouraged there. Um, maybe not enough for my liking yet, but we're getting mm-hmm.
0: there. Work in progress, perhaps. Yeah, I think, though, what was apparent in that first half was that change was needed. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe change needed going forward in terms of like you've touched on their recruitment in the the front area to support Ramirez, maybe away from home because I saw a lot of comments last night about Jet probably doesn't suit that high press away from mm-hmm. home. And it's a good point you make about two times a week, especially if we're not going to you know, change our side. And still at centre back, we look really unsure. We've talked about it on here and it's probably been talked about in the terraces as well that against higher quality opposition, we're going to be exposed. It's no disrespect to bit but they are a mark, They were certainly well. They were certainly a marked improvement on Dungeon United, mm-hmm. Um, but they certainly moved the ball very well and had pace. Mm-hmm. And it did looked unsettle us at times. Yeah, what i was saying, I'd say improvement on uh, Hacking as well. And um, mm-hmm.
1: I think we did probably improve uh, when Dex and Gallagher came on. Um I was quite yeah. impressed. With him. I wouldn't be surprised to see him keep his place, to be honest. Um, but we've at we've the expense before, for. I'm not gonna like say it, but maybe Andy, maybe Andy. Um, mm. I just think because of the pace, the pace McCrory gives you, yeah, essentially on the cover, and he is a quite. A, he's probably the better ball player as well. and um, you mm. probably argue, um, but I mean, who knows? To be fair, if he did also replace McCrory, I'm sure then things with Constantine would still be fine. But I don't know.
0: I liked, I liked though the you know the balls Stephen Glass had at halftime to mm. make the call to make those three changes. Refreshing. To see mm-hmm. a manager not just make one change because I think many of us would have just probably been satisfied if we just took Jet off and replaced him with Hedges. I was actually really surprised to see McLennan come on. Um, mm-hmm. I was very surprised to see Lewis Ferguson come off um, for Dylan McGiick. Um, and then obviously Declan Gallagher, like you've touched on, there coming on for for Johnny Hayes. And it was it was a technical change, tactical change. We went to three at the back and and pushed it to to wing backs and we looked a totally different team much more composed at the back mm-hmm. Brown and McGee dictated the midfield tempo and we had that pace and threat of Conor McLennan up front that I don't think they really knew how to handle and they didn't expect probably let's be honest and mm. um, that kind of thing
1: but it, no it was good to see we did mention like uh, it would be nice to have sort of a plan B and it looks like we actually do have one which is unusual for our Aberdeen fans but um, yeah I think it's a good point to make about Ferguson and uh, Mickey thinks maybe just perhaps felt needed to get a bit more of control of the game and obviously mickey gives you that um sort of looking after the ball a bit better and um obviously then McLennan came on and had an impact and very very impressive
0: um yeah we'll, we'll go into go they go with the goal it was impressive yeah um, the goal itself though um i suppose you know preoic did have a, a an opening in the first 90 seconds of the second half and um, thankfully the offside flag went up when he was definitely onside but but for the goal I, I was wondering if McLennan was maybe offside but maybe like mm-hmm. at a Sunday it was another well-timed run from our forward line but what a ball to Christian <laughs> Ramirez but also what a finish because it's behind him. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: And what a touch as well from McLennan in the first place to get mm-hmm. it under control. Yeah. Considering sometimes, uh, we've mentioned on the show, the link between the brain and his feet maybe not working yeah. quite so well. Which he did show again more
0: in the second half. as It, it went did, on.
1: but I don't mind that if there is still end product there at times. These things mm-hmm. sort of do happen and he will get better, I suppose, with time, more experience, but he took it down very, very well. Perfectly weighted ball with his left foot as well. And what a
0: finish from Christian Ramirez. It's so refreshing having someone who can tuck away a chance like that. Yeah, four and four for the American. And I'm really enjoying that Philip Mayer is now very worried about his tweet to Ramirez that if he signs and scores 15 goals, he's going to get a Superman tattoo. So I think he's going to be booking an appointment very soon at this rate. Quite
1: possibly. I mean, nearly a third of the way there, uh, not barely even into August. Um, mm. Yeah, I'd maybe, maybe get, get booking, Philip. Um, That'll be interesting.
0: (laughs) It will be. And as the game, you know, once going 3-2 up, I thought that is where the changes that Glass made at half-time worked Mm -hmm. because it changed. Obviously, we changed defensive shape. We then had two players in Scott Brown who was magnificent last night. And you could really see the European experience that he's had and experience in general at that level coming right to the front last
1: night. Yeah, I understand. Even at bigger stages, which is obviously encouraging considering we're hoping to make to the group stages. Um, We'll see how that goes. But no, once again, yeah, very impressed with Scott Brown. Um, He's barely put a foot wrong, really, for us. Um, And it's, it's good to see the impact he has on those around him. That was basically, there was a question of his legs when he came in, but I don't think there was really a question of the sort of leadership qualities he has and things like that. And it's good to see Not only those, but again, that he could still play. um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as I said in that 4-4-2 preview, that Dylan McGee is probably going to be an underrated player for us this season. Uh, Obviously, at the time, I didn't know that he might not feature as regularly. Mm. But that's the sort of impact he's going to have off the bench. He could turn out to be a key player for us and you touched on that in that Premiership preview episode that maybe we will see him if and when we give Scott Brown Mm. a break because you know we weren't sure about his legs but will these games coming thick and fast maybe catch up with him? Possibly I think possibly but
1: for example the game against Wraith you're probably committed to that as a good uh, a good chance for sort of McGeoch to come in Um, and it's brilliant having sort of players as good as McGeoch who can just come in slot in control games as your sort of role players, it's quite unusual. It sort of shows the depth, well, in that position anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good to see, very, very enjoyable.
0: Yeah, obviously we're blessed with plenty of central midfielders. Dean Campbell fit enough to to get into the squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, another midfielder, Matt Kennedy, slight back injury, which is why he didn't travel to Iceland. But we've obviously lost Mikko Vertanen. I know you're disappointed with, with that news, Callum. Signing for Hamilton Academico um, this season on a a permanent deal disappointing to lose another youth player um, but obviously he's seen the opportunity to get regular first team football and and taking it with both hands so got to wish Miko well for, for the future 100% and now you look at the
1: fact he's sort of 22 it's sort of the case of again maybe he hadn't could should have been given a chance a bit earlier uh, now he's got to that stage where he has to be playing regular football unfortunately it's mm-hmm. not with us but yeah I wish you all the best and thanks for the double so-called (laughs) Emil
0: and you'd have to get that in Mm -hmm. but um, on top of the change you know we've touched on how impressive McGee was in midfield Declan Gallagher adding a very good level of composure that we severely lacked defensively in the second half I thought
1: yeah definitely that's sort of probably the exact reason uh, he's brought in obviously uh, an experienced chap played at international level uh, got good leadership qualities as well obviously he was captain at Motherwell and mm-hmm. um, it's encouraging to see that he could just slot in like that and um, obviously hasn't we haven't seen him feature that much but starting to see what he can do and maybe from
0: now on we'll see how it goes uh, he might yeah. Feature more. yeah and as the game kind of weared on in the in the second half the game got a bit niggly vilhelmton very lucky not to be sent off the kick out of calvin ramsey had um i'm not sure who it was had a, a very heavy challenge on funzo Ojo, the man who seems to be on the receiving end of most heavy challenges just now mm-hmm. um and again, that's where I think, you know, Scott Brown becomes vital. He was up in the referee's space, McGeech as well, both of those experienced players using that. However, obviously, defensively, we had a bit of an experience. Jack McKenzie at 21, Calvin Ramsey coming off, looks probably cramp more than anything, mm-hmm. hopefully not serious. He was replaced by Jack Gurr. And what impressed me was the way Stephen Glass never seemed to stop shouting. I don't know if you'll have heard that in the in the broadie over your ridiculous singing that you yeah. seem to do through most of the second half. But for those of you watching at home on TV and not in a rowdy pub-like column, was the way Stephen Glass marshalled Jack Gurr through that second half, constantly shouting and constantly shouting at other players. And the one moment... That stuck out for me was when Christian Ramirez tried that quick free kick with 12 minutes to go, mm. which nearly came off to, to Conor McLennan. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, he shouted, Why the fuck are we taking it quickly? And it's true because, you mm-hmm. know, calm it down. And, you know, I think it was Michael Stewart said that on Cold Commentary, but he was relentless on that touchline, guiding players, shouting instructions. Again, refreshing to see and hear. Well, I saying, and that's from.
1: You know, obviously he's done his time in coaching, but he's not, not properly been a manager yet. So it is refreshing to see. It's encouraging to see, and um, it's sort of exactly what you want. Especially you mentioned Jack Greal. There, obviously he's not, and um, he's a lot older than Calvin Ramsey is, but not. He's not got much experience at first team level. Obviously, was in with Atlanta United too. And um, but no, it's very, very encouraging to see, and you start of starting to see the benefits. But I think you were right in the, that I couldn't hear that. We probably. Maybe too busy singing, and I've got the moves like Jack. Yeah,
0: so mm. very possible. But um, I can't see that one catching on too much. No, I think the pussy got those. Don't you wish your right back was Carl Ramsey? Yeah. Don't you wish your left back was Z. See, even you're grooving yeah. away. So it's going to be so insuff- insuff- insufferable, so like this. Season, <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, hundred percent. But the three-two went away from home. Um, some scenic views that the, the team have posted on their flight home um, flying over the erupting vulca- volcano um, Neil Semi posting the video on his Twitter account um, but Callum look ahead of next week the tie's far from over uh, obviously mm-hmm. we've touched on Inge- Ingevarsson at left back Bill Helmson up top being impressive players for them technically good pace about them Mark said to us last night on, on the Twitter page that you know them being able to press us on the counter is probably going to suit them coming to Petology. Quite possibly, quite possibly. And you also mentioned that
1: they'll uh, expect Mikkelsen, if I'm yeah. saying it rightly, mm-hmm. uh, to be back in as well, which is a bit of a concern. But um, no, it should be an entertaining time. Very much looking forward to it in front of um, what we can hope to be a full pathology. Um It'll be quite the atmosphere. It's set it up very, very nicely. But you're right, they, are, they do look dangerous. They are technically very good. They are good in the press. Uh, so the tie is by no means over, um,
0: which makes good for entertainment purposes, but not mm. good for the nerves. No, it's definitely going to be a nerve shredding, but it seems that the the Breedlebick manager has been drinking whatever Tom Quartz was drinking, because after the game he came out and said that he didn't expect them, as, as in Aberdeen, to be so bad. I expected them to come and play football, but they never did. Why would you
1: say that when you've... OK, if we were so bad, what does that make your lot? And you've just said that's the team talk sorted for next week, really, isn't it? Yeah. Why would you quite say that? That
0: seems mm-hmm. so stupid and also just incorrect. Um, but, you know, whatever, whatever. But I obviously think in terms of, you know, I expected them to play football. Um, Was it re- maybe referring to the kind of passing play that we've done so far this season? Mm-hmm. But as Mark said in that preview... He was really knowledgeable, knowledgeable, really insightful. And he said, you know, long balls over the top will cause problems. So we've done our homework. Alan Russell did his homework on set pieces. Stephen Glass did his homework, got it tactically spot on. Okay, it was nervy. Okay, it was hard fought in the end, probably. But hard work and, and um, dedication to your your research and insight into the opposition has paid off. And we take that lead to Todry next week.
1: Exactly, 100%. And we said it after uh, Stephen Glass's comments on the Dundee United game, um, or was it one of the hacking games? It was the hacking game, sorry, the first leg. Mm. Uh, he said, you know, we looked at how they play, we looked at how we could beat them. Um, and it seems to be changing game to week, game to game, sorry, week to week, whatever. Um, and it's encouraging, it's paid off again. So we're reaping the rewards of that work. And uh, all I've left to say is just hud at to the boy
0: who said <laughs> we were bad. <laughs> Yeah so winning breeds confidence next up is a trip to Livingston on Sunday and we're delighted to be joined by Ewan from the Talk Livvy podcast. Ewan thanks very much for joining us on the show today obviously you were speaking to David Martindale yesterday so a bit of a downgrade speaking to the red tinted glasses voice today hope you're well.
2: (laughs) Yeah I'm all good Uh, happy to be on as well obviously just previewing the season ahead with the gaffer we've done that last couple of years with Gary Hope obviously Davey's in the hot seat now so he can't shy away from us uh, like he did before but uh, it was a good catch up with the gaffer obviously I haven't spoke to him a wee while with all Covid restrictions and stuff so it was good to catch up with him
0: yeah, and for those of you that are hopefully tuning in that are Livingston fans, make sure you follow um, Ewan. Um, his Twitter handle is above, it's at Ewan Rankin. And make sure you can follow the Talk Livy podcast at Talk Livy. They're also on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. You can subscribe to them. There's a couple short of 100, so it'd be good to get them to hit the century mark as well. Ewan, obviously, second game of the season. Aberdeen coming to town. Quite a chastening first day of the season. Probably the fixture everyone wanted to avoid. A uh, trip to Rangers how did that one go for you other than the result yeah I mean uh, actually speaking to Davy about that
2: yesterday he thinks that the computer robot that does the fixtures has (laughs) got it in for us because we've had Celtic and Rangers in the last four seasons on the opening day on flag day Mm. and um, we've had three of the four games away from home as well so it wasn't it wasn't that big a surprise when we got Rangers in the opening day but as you say it's, it's the game nobody wants to kick off their season but it's a free hit isn't it mm-hmm. essentially, you know, they've they've that's the twenty wins on the bounce they've had at Ibrox in the league. So, you know, we're going there with nothing really to lose. And I think first goal we lost was really poor set pace, um, which has been a bit of our Achilles heel, despite all the kind of press talking about how good we are from set plays. I think we actually <laughs> had one of the worst records from conceding goals from set plays last season. So I know it's something Davies wanted to address over the summer, but really poor defending for the first you know, you go 1-0 down after 7-8 minutes at Ibrox you think the worst is incoming but mm. I think without creating an awful lot or threatening we kind of had a few 2 or 3 half chances in the game but without creating an awful lot I think we actually get Rangers at bay quite well I don't think they they carved us open uh, Max yeah he's made a couple of saves but they're really comfortable saves which you'd mm. expect your keeper to make and you know Scott Wright Xavadine Boyce scores Fantastic goal. <laughs> to be fair, uh, mm. to be fair to them, defending's questionable on our part, but it's, it's well taken. And then we go down to ten men for the last fifteen minutes, and mm. uh, which is Kabaya having to come off injured. So you know you're up against it again. Three, three now. You know, yeah, they just deserve to win the game. But as I say, it's teams will come out on the end the worst goal lines and we did uh, at the weekend.
0: Yeah, and I suppose when you know you're saying conceding a set piece goal, we've scored two last night um against Breed um, Alan Russell maybe having a look at that to see where um we can exploit that going into the weekend. But was it a tough going? So I saw some Rangers' reaction to the result that like you said, they didn't really impose themselves on the game. But you know, was it is it true it was only one shot on target you guys had? So a tough shift for Bruce uh, Anderson. <laughs> I, I, th- I think that's complimentary saying
2: we had a shot on target. I think I think we had probably only one real effort on goal. As I say, it was a couple of half chances, but I Bruce was uh, it's, again. It's the graveyard shift for a for a lone striker, really. Mm. albeit we were on paper playing a four three three, but you know, Bruce was up there on his own. Let's be honest, um, mm. and it was a long shift for him. But I'm sure I'm sure he'll have games throughout the season where he'll be able to kind of show his ability a bit more than a game like that. But it's. Hey, as you say, a game you don't want the opening day, and if you're the number nine mm. playing that day, it's the game you don't want. Islands,
0: so. no,
1: no, I definitely agree, and uh, I think at times we did see Bruce sort of struggle up there whenever he was up there by himself uh, as well. So yeah, I don't, he was on to hide into nothing. I think that no. day really. But um, obviously, Bruce Anderson left uh, Aberdeen to go for Livingston, and um, how do you feel about that sort of signing? Uh, quite excited. Did you see much got Hamilton last season?
2: Yeah, I th- saw glimpses of him at Hamilton. Um, certainly the the one each game against Rangers. He was mm-hmm. caused Rangers a hell of a lot of problems that day. Um, I know we've been in for Anderson for probably the last couple of seasons. I think he was due to come to his last year, but it was loan fees uh, kind of mm-hmm. involved with it that he didn't end up coming uh, down the road. So he's he's a guy David's been after for a while and it's obviously it's coincided. I think it's it's worked with Jack going the other way. I think mm-hmm. it's probably waived compensation um, getting paid as well which has probably played into our hands in terms of fees involved uh, but I think from the glimpses I've seen of him so far obviously I've been back at all the games other than Ibrox but he he, seemed, he strikes me as the type of striker that likes to play off his shoulder mm-hmm. balls in behind space in behind but I think he, he reminds me of Scott Robinson a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of his movement and things like that and I think he just has a bit more of a natural nose for goal you know mm-hmm. the couple of goals he's scored it's, he's got in the six yard box and he's on the end of a kind of cross ball so he might, he might be that kind of bit more of a killer instinct that we've probably not had since being in the mm-hmm. top flight even though Lyndon Dykes did really well for us he, I would mm-hmm. never say Lyndon's a, an out and out goal scorer
1: mm-hmm. I'm
2: sure he'd probably say the same as well I think the last kind of proper striker I would say is Hardy and oh, yeah. Hardy spent half the season injured as well so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Anderson will prove to be a, a decent bit of business for us.
1: I think so. I think he'll only benefit from uh, more regular game time as well. Obviously, he's at that point of career where he really needs it. Um, mm-hmm. But you mentioned about his finishing as well. Before we saw even the goals he took for Aberini he took very, very well. Yeah. But that man Jet, that you mentioned, uh, obviously kind of went the other way. How did you feel about that? and are you sort of surprised with sort of how he started. We've been quite impressed. I think it's fair to say.
2: Yeah, Jet, I mean, when he signed for us, uh, we'd, obviously Dykes had just left and then we brought in Anthony Stokes as, uh, as the saviour and uh, that lasted all of about three weeks. So Jet was our, Jet was our third number nine mm. of the season and uh, I think after having Dykes, you know, you guys obviously watch Scotland as well and, mm-hmm. you know, Linden's an absolute workhorse up top and the shift he puts in for the team is incredible. So we were so used to that with Linden when, Jet's a very different player and mm-hmm. Jet had been 18 months without kicking a ball as well, he was well behind, we had no reserve games to get him up to, to match sharpness, so mm-hmm. he was half to play first team games to get up to speed and I think, I'll be honest, I was very critical of Jett when he first signed for us, I, I didn't think he was the answer at all but last three months of the season eh, he was by far our best player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had two or three really good performances against Aberdeen uh, the mm-hmm. last two games up at Petaudry the 2-0 game I was in the in the Cup game
0: mm-hmm. he was
2: excellent in both games he always scored a cracker in the, the last game at Livia as well and technical ability wise he's well above us uh, the, the reason he was with us is because he'd been without like, a club for 18 months and Davies said much the same as well you know technical ability wise he's one of the best he's worked with so I think you know his best game source of probably came off the right hand side. I think, mm-hmm. as I say, the cup game, the two each game, he was uh, kind of played there. Uh, but he can also play as a number nine as well. As I say, ability wise, absolutely no doubt he, he probably is a bit of a luxury player. Mm-hmm. He, you're not you're not going to see him running channels, you know. And everything so like that evident last night. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not his game. It's just the type of player he is, and he's what he's thirty one years old. He's mm-hmm. probably not going to change now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's the type of player he is, but uh, ability wise, he he has top draw, and I think I I think he'll. I genuinely think he could be one of the signings of the season uh, if he's given games. With Aberdeen, I genuinely think he's And we had him match fit when he first arrived. Was. I think we could have finished higher than, than we did. Uh, I mm. think that's how big a difference he was making at the tail end of the season for yeah. us and keeping us in games.
0: Yeah, well, I think like you said the way he kind of came onto a game at the back end of last season, obviously, probably his trial was the games against us and he passed them with flying colours, but obviously picked up, was it your goal of the season award as well? For, was it an overhead kick?
2: Uh, he was,
0: he was, he was basically having his
2: own goal. Of the season competition <laughs> at the tail end, uh, he had the obviously his first goal up at Aberdeen was really well taken. He had the goal against Hamilton, which was the Henri-esque one, where he flipped mm. it up on the volley. That's the one that won it. Awesome. And then he had his volley against Aberdeen as well. So I think Jet had three of the six contenders <laughs> uh, in the end. But as I say, it just shows the quality that the guy's got. Um, mm. As I say, he's got bags of ability. He's not played at the level that he has. Uh, you don't come through Arsenal's, you set up and play first team games at Arsenal if you're if you're not very good. No. So he's, he's clearly got ability about him.
0: Yeah. Another player I noticed that's been in good form during your uh, Premier Cup campaign was uh, Craig Sibbold. He could be a big player for you this season.
2: Yeah, Sibb's is a funny one because um, about two seasons ago, I think we all kind of had Sibb's leaving uh, mm-hmm. at the end of his contract a couple of years ago. We had Robbie Crawford, who's now at Motherwell. And, Robbie had properly cemented himself in the team, and and then Robbie, I think, I think he broke his wrist and a couple of ribs. He eh, again against Hearts, and Sibs came back in. Now, typically, Sibs when he was at Falkirk played as number ten, but he came in with us and he sat a bit deeper, almost as a holding midfield player with Bartley, and probably about November time that season, and he's he's never looked back. He's he's been a mainstay in the team, and out with Nicky Devlin last year, I would say he's by far our most consistent player uh, throughout the season and uh, you know, Sibs, he'll, he'll play a lot of football this season for us again mm. I know he's, he'd been struggling recently because he was, he was out with COVID and he's asthmatic as well so he's, he's struggled oh, okay. a bit in terms of his recovery from that but it just shows the kind of player that he is that he was still able to play in like 28 degree heat having just come back from isolation yeah. and stuff like that And mm. um, just kind of shows what the boy's about but Really good footballer, quite underrated a bit, uh, mm. Sibs. and he'll be a big player for us this season uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, as a player, I always liked to during his time mm. at Falkirk, and um, when he was coming through there. And looking ahead to, to Sunday's game, though, Ewan, do you think this is a good game for you to to bounce back from the opening day de- defeat at Ibrox? But if if it goes, you know, two defeats in a row, if it's like a, another heavy defeat. Are Livy fans kind of fearful for this season? I say this every season
2: and it sounds really (laughs) downbeat and uh, negative thinking, but 10th place and above for us is success in Mm. this league. Uh, There was some Livy fans celebrating Hamilton going down, which I thought was bizarre because they were probably our safety net Mm. (laughs) in terms of of if it got to January Mm. time and we're struggling, they're probably the only club we could outspend in terms of bringing (laughs) players in. And... We're well up, I think since we've got promoted this is the toughest premiership we'll be involved in mm. by some distance in terms of the clubs that are in the league as well this year but we've got a stinking run of fixtures to start the season yeah. I think we've got four of the top six in our first mm. six games uh, Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs and then Celtic so we've got an absolute stinking start no wonder Davey thinks the computer robot's against it mm. uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so it's a good game to come back against. I think the games for ourselves in Aberdeen since we've been promoted have all been really close. I don't, I don't think, other than the two 0 game, maybe a couple of seasons ago, two mm-hmm. 0 last year. There's only been a goal in it in every game uh, between ourselves and Aberdeen. So I think it will be a fairly close game. But I think it will give our fans maybe a better perspective of where we're sitting for the season ahead. Because you can't really judge us off a game at Ibrox no. in the mm-hmm. open day and the week, the group games. We had serious issues with COVID as well. Uh, probably, I think we had six positives and we only had six positives the whole last season. So okay. it just shows you the issues we've had since coming back. But yeah, I think it'll give us a better gauge of where we're at uh, going into the new season. Obviously, first home week game as well. So players will be looking to kind of put a stand down where the biggest crowd we've had in a wee while as well. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how kind of we... Pay against Aberdeen because I think Aberdeen will be pushing certainly for third this year but depending on what Posh the does down at Celtic Park <laughs> <back, laughs> you, you never know
1: you could push a little further so we'll wait and mm-hmm. see Thanks for mentioning the crowd there actually that brings me on to the next question absolutely perfectly uh, I've managed by a ticket for Sunday and obviously you've been back um, as well uh, how excited How excited are you to see sort of obviously both a big crowd home fans and away fans back in and uh, sort of what difference do you think it would make to the game
2: it's, I was. I managed to get into one game last season behind closed doors and it was the 0-0 game with Rangers and it mm. was the most bizarre experience I, I've mm. ever mm. had watching a game it felt like even less than a reserve game mm. that we get for some of our reserve games at, at Tony <laughs> Macaroni and it's just weird because there should have mm. been you know 8-9 thousand in the ground that day and yeah. there's 200 folk and you can hear Stephen Gerrard moaning that the balls weren't cleaned for the start of the second half and <laughs> Uh, David, uh, Gary Holt turning around telling him he's not a ball boy. He doesn't care. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're hearing these little back and forth, which was a wee bit interesting. But that'll nah, be it'll be great uh, to have some fans back in. Uh, our fans are are moaning already about what seat they've been allocated because of distancing and everything like that. But you know it's par for the course for some of our fans. But how many
0: home fans is it there are getting?
2: Um, well, I think the. We applied to get three and a half thousand for the game in mm. general. I think we've allocated Aberdeen nine thousand yeah. uh, yeah. nine hundred. Sorry, nine thousand. Jesus, no much distance. No. Stadium, 9, no. No. Uh, but aye, I mean, Davy was talking about it again yesterday. We've probably only sold about seven hundred and fifty season tickets, so there'll be a few walk ups, I'm sure, as well. But because mm. um, they've gone on general sale, but there should be there should be
0: at least a couple of thousand in the ground, which uh, which will be really good to see. Mm, definitely it's good to see fans slowly and surely getting back in, in into the games anyway how do you see livingston approaching the game though you and do you think it'll be a cautious approach or do you think they'll try and and get at aberdeen from the off you know obviously it's an a, an away game we've had on uh, on thursday there, uh, traveling back from iceland do you think they'll try and exploit potential tired legs in the opening 10-15 minutes
2: well, we kinda of talked on our preview. Obviously, you've got two young fullbacks that have just come in, Mackenzie and Ramsey, who look very good on on the opening day, but at the same time, they'll be very inexperienced. You know, we've got mm. we brought in Christian Montano. I'd like I'd like to see us put him up against Ramsey, you know, very experienced winger down south, played mm. a few hundred games in, in the EFL. So very experienced player. And I'd also like to hope that we've got Nicky Devlin back as well, who was outstanding for us last year. Uh, I know I'm biased because we sponsor him on the <laughs> podcast, but he was genuinely great. He won all of our Player of the Year awards uh, to mm. back it up, so um, he'll cause a massive threat down, down the right-hand side if he's back in as well. But we've been set- setting up as like a 43 3 mm. I think Davies made a conscious point after we had that unbeaten run last year. I think teams started to changed the way they played against us and I think Davies kind of approach for this season is we need more ways to win games of football Mm. and I think he's he's openly tried to bring in players who are maybe a wee bit more creative on the ball and the likes Andrew Shinnie's came in who's got again bags of experience that's a good signing
0: for you guys that signing
2: yeah Davy referred to him as a marquee signing which mm. uh, was was a giggle in the in the presser <laughs> because he was like you've never been a marquee signing anywhere It's <laughs> 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 Andy but yeah so Shinny coming in he struggled I think he picked up a knock a couple of weeks back against his Beast, mm. so we'll wait and see if he's available but I think it'll be enough. I honestly don't know how we're going to go this season I think even david was kind of saying that you know you, you don't know how the season's going to work out at the end mm. you, know, you can prepare all you want but um, it, it's genuinely we're going through a bit of a transition I think mm. there's a few clubs that almost have this new era vibe this year yeah. mm. uh, yourselves included in that with Stephen Glass coming in but I think we have it as well we've had 17 players move on we've mm. had 11, 12 come in so it's a really new looking squad youthful looking squad as well brought mm-hmm. the average age down significantly so it is, we're a bit of a lottery this season I think um, but hopefully we can pick up some positive results, and and hopefully we we'll go a bit on the front foot against Aberdeen. Because as you say, you guys have had you know the midweek game, the Thursday night game, so can try and take advantage of that. Hopefully,
0: mm. and Calum, it's interesting there that the maybe the opportunity Livingston could exploit Calvin Ramsay's, but it's back to a plastic pitch. Mm. Um, uh, beautiful, weekend. beautiful plastic pitch, mate. <laughs> yeah, I just had to get that in there because <laughs> we know it's a, a hot topic of debate, plastic pitches in the top flight. But we saw Calvin Ramsey coming off with cramp um just after the hour mark. So maybe um, that will be an area that they can look to exploit. But do you see any other changes to our lineup? Obviously, there were some question marks amongst our support um about jets performance last mm. night.
1: I think I hope Jets uh, keeps his place because I think it's be really interesting to see what he does after he ripped us apart. We'll see if he do the reverse. End. But mm. I think uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Jack Gier came in for Calvin Ramsey, even if it's sort of just as a precaution ahead of Thursday's big game. Um, obviously, Jack Gier's looked okay uh, in replacement, and Declan Gallagher probably another one. It, mm. I wouldn't be shocked to see him uh, come in from the start. Uh, obviously, played well in the second half uh, last night and. You know, we know we know what he's all about, um, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me uh, for him to come in. But other than that, I can't see there being wholesale changes. Um, it doesn't seem like that that's Glass's thing. He sort no. of seems to enjoy his consistency. Um, it's why you change a winning team? I suppose. Yeah, very true. Exactly. And as you said earlier, winning breeds conference, and that seems to be the way it's mm-hmm. going just now. So I mm-hmm. can't imagine there'll be wholesale changes.
0: No, and hopefully um, Christian Ramirez can continue his uh, hot goal-scoring streak as well. Um you and are Livingston doing a pay-per-view offering this weekend? Uh, I
2: actually don't think we are. Uh, mm. We we certainly we haven't for the opening games of the season, uh, the the group games. Uh, so I genuinely don't know what the script is with that. I know it was a, a hot topic but mm. Aberdeen fans in particular <laughs> uh, it was sure I know what made it even worse was the fact that the same game got postponed
0: twice
2: <laughs> <And> <laughs> so I Twitter went into meltdown three times for the same game yeah. mm. um, but I, I I genuinely don't know if we've
0: we've got anything planned for that so um, yeah. uh, it's disappointing I was looking forward to moaning and paying 20 quid for a game I'm not attending again <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's
2: As I say, there there was rationale behind it, um, trying to kind of avoid season ticket holders being shafted by by making the price less than what their average gate mm-hmm. price would be with a season ticket and obviously they've made the big financial commitment haven't they so
0: mm-hmm. I think
2: it was uh, try to balance that out and we can't really afford to lose season ticket holders we don't have enough a lot of them no. so uh, I think
0: you try your best not to shaft
2: the very few that you've got mm-hmm. No
0: I, I agree and I, I, obviously when you explained it in the, in the group chart um, it definitely made sense but uh, I did enjoy how much you enjoyed our moaning at not only the prices but the fact it was a plastic pitch as well because there's always something to moan when it comes to our evening. That is oh, you are specialists at it. Yeah. Generally specialists at it. <laughs> oh, we are indeed. But no, I do think it'll be a close game uh on Sunday. But I'm just hoping that we can continue this this form that we seem to be in uh, and carry that momentum forward. But you and we appreciate you taking the time to to join us uh on Red Tinted Glasses and just a reminder to the viewers where they can find uh the Talk Levy podcast. Yeah, so Levy, it's at TalkLivvy on Twitter. We're on Facebook,
2: Twitter and Instagram. Also on YouTube as well. And kind of all the usual podcast streaming sites. So we tend to release weekly episodes. We have interviews with the, with the players and staff, former players and things like that as well. So yeah, check us out if you're ever bored and want to listen to me ramble
0: on <laughs> about Livingston. <laughs> no, that's great, Ewan. Thank you very much for your time. Perfect. Cheers, guys. Well, that was you and Rankin there from the Talk Livy podcast. Great to have an opposition insight ahead of the weekend, Calm. I'm sure you'll agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just a quick thanks to those of you that have been tuning in, either if it's via YouTube or listening to the episode, and also to Skylights for letting us use their song YRA for the intro and outro music.
1: and also to those tuning in if it's on YouTube don't forget to leave a like on the video if you enjoyed it comment down below if you thought we were talking absolute rubbish and subscribe with notifications on if you haven't already don't want to miss out in future or follow us wherever you're listening as well as on Twitter at RTG underscore podcast and our Twitters are above us on the YouTube video as well so don't forget to follow us there too thank you very very much for tuning in here's hoping we'll be back with another positive podcast